Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just if you could add in your voice a little compassion or, you know, like empathy, just in the way you say it. Yeah, I would like some compassion, too. And look at me here. I'm giving. I, I know. I would like some compassion, too, as crazy as it sounds. Well. Yeah, I would like some compassion, too. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Houses of Beverly Hills, a fantastic episode, a fantastic week on Bravo. For those of you who are interested in the Salt Lake City recap, I did a whole separate episode, so I split them up this week. I think going forward, or at least next week, they'll be together. But for now, you can listen to the Salt Lake City recap over on one uh, episode, and we got the, the Beverly Hills recap here, because there's just too much going on. These episodes were too good. I couldn't condense them into one episode, because I have too many thoughts. I mean, I played a clip of the Sutton and Bamboozle Jane sit-down, which in any other week of Beverly Hills would have been a legendary, wonderful, great moment. They were sitting down over Popeyes and making amends. But that's not even taking into account the epic, wonderful, poetic sit-down between Lips and Conga Hilton. I mean, I don't really have a temper. What would you call this? Losing my temper. Oh, you, oh, there was so much to give in that scene. Not only that scene, but the one between Splits and Conga Hilton. I mean, it was incredible television. I believe, actually, that sort of extended scene between Conga Hilton, Splits, and Lips, I think that was maybe one of the best sit-downs I've ever seen on Bravo. And that's a tall order to fill, and that's something that I don't even know if I should say because I might feel differently as soon as we're done here. But as of this moment, after watching, I was like, this is some of the best television I've ever seen. And I actually have a theory, and I don't know if anyone agrees with me, and this might not be a popular thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to live my truth because somebody needs to say it. And I think by the end of this episode, I was sort of having this theory, which it might be crazy. Maybe it's crazy. Okay, but did anyone else sort of feel like maybe Kyle and Kath are like sort of, this is all a thing? And maybe they even got lips in on it, right? Maybe they're all in cahoots. And they're doing this because it's making the show, or maybe it's just Kath and Kyle in cahoots. But I believe some of it be in cahoots. There's cahoots happening. I'm not sure where it's happening or who amongst, but I do believe there's cahoots, especially particular amongst the Kathy, Kyle, and even Kim Richards. I'm bringing her into this cahoots because I think it's maybe they're in cahoots to try to get the show recentered on their family again, instead of how the past couple of seasons have been centered on Bamboozled Jane of it all. And so I was thinking, like, maybe Kath had that big meltdown and said all those nasty things about her sister Kyle. And maybe they were all in on it and they knew what they were doing because they knew this was a way to recenter the show because I believe that those people are so media savvy, those Kathy, Kyle, and Kim. I believe they're so media savvy 
you don't last all this time in the industry. All three of them. I mean, Kathy and Paris, uh, her family, and then Kyle and Kim have been acting since they were little kids. You don't do that without being media savvy. And so I was like, maybe they tricked Rena. Maybe they tricked the whole cast. And they got this whole thing happening so that next season, they're A, guaranteed another season if they want it. There's no way Bravo wouldn't ask back Kyle and Kathy, right? And B, I think now they're going to have to bring Kim Richards into the mix because now we're all so invested in this familial sisterly drama that's happening on screen. I mean, it's better than any scripted drama on television. And so it's a way to push out those other storylines. So I, maybe I'm being like a total conspiracy theorist, and that's a possibility. You know, when it comes to these Bravo Housewives, sometimes we think things that are crazy. But... I don't know. I think it's kind of maybe, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm on the nose. Either way, I felt so alive this episode. I'm alive, and so are you. (laughs) Let's go back, back to the beginning in the words of our Hillary Duff. We open on Dorit. She's talking with the daughter. Now, this daughter is really bossy. We said that last week, and she was trying to get a regular Coke, and then the daughter was like, you're not allowed to have a Coke. And I got in trouble. A lot of you reached out and said I was being offensive because I said... Diet Coke or bust. But if you are a longtime listener of Everything Iconic, it has less to do with the diet of it all than it does the fact that I think a Diet Coke drinker is a good time gal because they're trying to hold it together, but it's not holding it together because you're still drinking a soda, which isn't so great for you. Do you get what I mean? So I just have to say to those people that are reaching out to me, you obviously don't listen to this program and you need to get in the back back catalog of Everything Iconic if you want to hear the whole details of it. Anyway, we open with Dorit and the daughter's yelling at her. And Dorit's trying to make a call to Kyle on the Halloween set. Halloween ends. She's like, Mommy has to make a quick call. I have to call Auntie Kyle. Auntie Kyle, the way she said Auntie Kyle. She's, she said, she's filming a very scary movie. Leave mommy alone. Give me five minutes. I love you, love bug. <laughs> it's always doing like the love bug work and everything. Anyway, Kyle FaceTimes in. And has anyone seen the stills of Kyle from Halloween Ends? Somebody needs to end that nose ring that's happening in the still shot. She's also got like tarot cards. I mean, the Universal Pictures, who's releasing this movie, Halloween Ends, they released a still image of this movie of Kyle on set. She's got the bangs. And I think now this year they gave her a wig or something because she's like, I'm not doing the bangs. She did them last time and everyone made fun of her. So she's still doing the bangs, but I think they're just a wig. And then they gave her a nose ring. I mean, that last Halloween movie, I actually really enjoyed, but largely people thought it was a big hot mess. And so I don't know what's going to happen with the third one, but I'm not too confident in it because we see splits in the still image that was released as promo where she's just got tarot cards and a nose ring. And I'm sorry, I think those Richards gals are good actresses, but I'm not sure that they're that good actresses. If I'm going to see someone who's a tarot card reader, it better be Kim Richards because I can't buy Kyle. I just don't picture her as a tarot card reader. But she's apparently doing that in the next Halloween. I know Michael Myers is going to read his fortune or something. <laughs> Like, I don't know if we need, I don't think Michael Myers is interested in his future because the future is that it's ending. It's called Halloween Ends. It's in the title. So I don't think we need a tarot card reading. And certainly Activia Curtis, I mean, her future is going to be the same thing because she's been reliving the same Halloween over and over again for fucking a hundred years since that first one came out and she was babysitting Kyle the Splits. She's been running away from the brother. Is he the brother now? Remember, in one of the Halloween movies, I think it was... It was like later retconned where it was like Michael Myers was her brother. I don't know if it's the, I can't keep up. I do like those Halloween movies, but I actually believe that Halloween H2O was really good and justice for Halloween H2O, but that's neither here nor there. The point is Activia Curtis, her future is that she's going to be running for Michael Myers. That's the only thing that happens over and over again every year. They say it's Halloween ends, but I guarantee you, you know, show up with a truckload of money to Activia Curtis's house and she'll do anything. I know that because she did commercials where she talked about pooping after her yogurt. 
Activia Curtis. So there you go. She's going to be doing the same thing. So I don't think that Splits needs to do some tarot card readings. Anyway, Dorit calls her on FaceTime. And Kyle's been like pretty easy breezy about Kath's wrath so far. So even though Dorit is like, oh, this thing that happened with uh, Kathy, Kyle's like, well, I can't deal with it. I'm in set. I can't do it. My favorite part of the whole scene, though, was when they were hanging up the phone because Dorit said to Kyle, don't come back with another broken nose. We don't want another nose job. You know, she said that as they were hanging up the phone. And Dorit probably thought this wasn't even going to be on film. They, she probably thought this is going to be the end of the scene. They won't show this. And then Kyle says on FaceTime, no, we're done doing those. Because you remember on the last Halloween, Kyle said she broke the nose, had to get the nose job. But when she said, no, we're done doing those, I felt a chill up my spine because I was thinking, Dorit has been saying in the press she's never had a nose job. And I feel like that was a smoking gun. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, too. But I think Kyle was saying, no, we're done with those. Meaning, like, no, you and I have had enough nose jobs. Which, God bless, do whatever nose jobs you want. I'm just saying. I think that was a smoking gun. I'm believing it. Oh, then we cut to the scene. Oh, my God, there's so many scenes. Oh, my God. I hope you guys are all relaxing. Pull up for driving because I have so many thoughts. Bamboozle with the therapist. Over FaceTime, she was doing therapy. And the therapist looked like a cartoon character. I'm not sure what this filter was on the therapist. We talked about the filter that was on Erica last week. But this therapist had some sort of cartoon. I'm not sure if it was lighting, but it was giving Polar Express. Because they showed that therapist over the FaceTime video. And I was like, that looks like a cartoon version. You know when the celebrities like Kim Kardashian does the cartoon video phone game? And it's like a cartoon version of the person. It's like, that's what this woman looked like to me. And meanwhile, I don't even know what the fuck they were talking about. Because Erica's face looked like when Samantha Jones on Sex and the City just got her face lasered. It was all red. Like, she looked like Ramona Singer on The Real House in New York. Remember that she showed up on that vacation and put the scarf over her face? Because the face was so red. So I don't even know what they were talking about. They did show a flashback to her and Tommy Two-Tones. And I got to say something. We didn't talk about this last week, but Erica's voice is obviously so much higher in the earlier seasons than it is now. And I just saw this interview with Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard's got the new talk show. Sherry Shepard said that Barbara Walters, okay, follow me here. This is going to be a roundabout way of telling a story. So Sherry Shepard said Barbara Walters had given her advice years ago about uh, being a leader and being a talk show host and Barbara Walters Babs told her that you need to lower her voice because it uh, gives you confidence. So a high voice is not good. You need to have a low voice for confidence. And I was thinking maybe Erica Jane heard that advice too from Barbara Walters. Have they ever sat down together? Because I feel like somebody told Erica Jane like the voice has got to go lower because three years ago, three seasons ago, the voice was so high. Anyway, I was so distracted by the looks and she was crying and she said that she wants to believe that the situation with Tom was just something that got away from him and not something that was orchestrated. She says that he was mean and there's makeup, there's tear, or I'm sorry, there's no makeup, there's lots of tears. And she says, I'm, a, I'm afraid, I'm just so afraid, I'm afraid. And I, okay. I'm going to get in trouble again because I got in trouble with this last week. He yelled at me. But I am on Erica's side again this week. Call me crazy. I can't believe it either. It ain't right. This is not right. But to me, this is the kind of vibe I've been waiting for from Erica Jane. Just some some tears, some telling us how she feels about the husband. Instead, she's been so defensive. And I understand why she's had to be defensive because she's going through all this legal stuff. It makes sense. But... I just felt like this was the vibe I wanted. A no-makeup vibe with the therapist talking about how she's afraid. I'm afraid. She was, it was like the Blair Witch Project. Remember when she was running through the woods, that woman with the snot in her nose? 
I felt like that was the vibe I was getting from Erica, and it's what I wanted. It's what I've been waiting for. It was just some sort of something. And so, no, I'm not going to inevitably on Erica's side for everything. But in this moment, I was kind of feeling her. I was kind of feeling like, okay, she's finally getting it. And then she goes over and has the Pretty Miss Hair pop-up shop. And there's this one reporter there. And it was so weird to me. This felt so staged because they were like, oh, the reporters all know about Kathy. And Erica's talking to the reporter. And the reporter just said, like, what's up or something. (laughs) Like, it wasn't – the reporter didn't say, like, oh, I heard there was a big Kathy tie right in Aspen, right? And Erica's like, yeah, she's not so hunky-dory. And then in the confessional, Erica's like, all the reporters know about the Kathy stuff. And they did show headlines, but the one reporter who showed up at the Pretty Mess Air pop-up shop wasn't really asking about Kathy. Like, the reporter was just there to, like, cover the, I don't know, the wigs or whatever that were there. (laughs) And they try to act like, oh, she's been asking all these, this tough reporter. I don't know where the reporter was from, but it was one young gal, and she seemed like a nice young gal. But I don't think she was really asking hard-hitting questions as if she was Barbara Walters. It was just some woman with a... I don't, know, she, I don't even know if she had a microphone. She just had her cell phone. She's like, what's up with the hair care? <laughs> Everyone's asking about Kathy's meltdown. Anyway, uh, this is so juicy, you guys. So finally we get information about the Michael Jackson of it all. Because apparently Kathy tried to get them to play Billie Jean. Now, this was something that was reported in the press a long, long time ago that I thought we were uh, misled because then we found out last week it was because Kathy didn't want to do the conga. It turns out there was some truth to the Michael Jackson of it all. And I still think there are things that they're not telling us. I mean, Rinna keeps saying very covertly, uh, you're not going to get away with what you said about everyone. But then it also, there's sometimes where she says something like, you said mean things. And obviously she had the situation with the manager of the place or the DJ. I mean, they were all sitting around. They were all sitting around. Diana showed up. I forgot Diana was in this show when she showed up to that Pretty Miss Hair event. But... Uh, it, they all sit down and Diana says this whole thing that was so incredibly interesting to me about paying off people. And for $200, you can pay up and that's the game you play when you're rich. You have to get them money and tip them to get you drinks and to quiet them up. Oh, you guys, it was so fascinating to me. It was so fascinating to me. It was finally Diana gave us something. But meanwhile, they're all at this hair care event, and they invite their stylists, their hair people. We saw Rinna's hair person, Scott. We saw all of their people. And uh, they're just looking through the racks of hair, which was funny. And Erica's like, well, I didn't want everyone to just get my hair, so I wanted to invite them all to this event. And it was just these racks of hair on the thing. They were trying them on and stuff. They FaceTimed Elton John. I mean, what the fuck was this event? <laughs> it was so weird. I loved it. I loved it. And then they all sit down. And before we get into all the stuff they were talking about with Kath, I do have to say that they were talking about glam and their husbands as it adheres to glam. And Dorit had said, PK wants Dorit to do dishes and heels. She's like, PK likes it when I do dishes and heels, but I just wish she would do the dishes one time. And all of a sudden, we were in an episode of The King of Queens or Mike and Molly. I was like, is this CBS Monday nights at 8? Because that's what I felt like I was watching when Dorit's talking about PK won't do a dish and just wants her in the kitchen and the heels. I'm like, I thought we left this in 98, but still we're talking about it. <laughs> I like hate it. I hate when women and couples do this on show. I hate it. It's like that whole uh, Leah Remini, Kevin James of it all, where it's like, I want my wife in the kitchen, the hot wife, and then the... I mean, it's disgusting. Dorit's so gorgeous, and she's with PK, and he can't even lift a finger to do the fucking dish. It's coming home with the DUIs and whatever, and it's like, she's doing it all, she's keeping it all together, looking gorgeous doing it, 
And then the husband is just a, I mean, at least he finally got the teeth done. I'm sorry, but he's not someone you look at and think, wow, he's so attractive. And yet these men get these gorgeous women. And then they do this whole bit that they do for years and decades. And I'm tired of seeing it of like, oh, look at my hot wife. It's getting the kitchen. Wear the heels. Well, I'm not going to do anything. It's like PK should be doing the dishes. Dorit's keeping it all together, looking that hot. And then PK's just probably sitting on the couch. Or I know he's not sitting on the couch because he's out getting those DUIs at night. Ladies, am I right? Anyway, moving on, allegedly. Uh, so they're all sitting around and they're talking about this Billie Jean of it all. And it was so interesting because Shree's like, yeah, off with the DJ's head. Like, why didn't he play Billie Jean? And Crystal's like, uh. <laughs> and then Crystal said in her confessional, like, am I surprised these women don't know why they shouldn't play Billie Jean? Uh, but anyway, so apparently the manager said something to Kathy, like, go back to LA. And that's when uh, room 23's Diana Jenkins paid him off for 200 bucks. Now, I think that that manager should have off gotten more money for that, but I don't know if the $200 was to just pay off or if it was to get the drinks. It got a little murky for me. Like, I didn't quite understand what we were giving everyone $200 for. And I used to bartend, too. I never really got paid 200 bucks extra to just bring somebody a drink, but I guess I was bartending in the wrong places because... Diana was just acting like she just throws out $200 as if it's nothing. And I know it's nothing to them, but still, this whole thing about the game. And Erica says that, so Diana Jenkins says that Kathy Hilton was born into the game. And then Erica's like, no, she was married into the game. And this has come up a lot. I've seen it in interviews and stuff like that, where they're sort of throwing this little shade about Kathy marrying into money and how Kyle was like self-made. And I don't know, none of this, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Anyway, it's interesting, though, this whole thing about the game. And then Cherie says she saw Kathy outside that hat shop when they were all getting them ugly-ass hats. And she said Kathy was just storming around pissed. So Rinna's like, oh, so that's when it all started. And so Rinna's putting it all together. And she was like low-key proud that she pissed off Kathy Hilton because of the tequila thing. She says Kathy is so fucking jealous of the Kardashians. Wow. The Kardashians just weasel their way into everything, don't they? I mean, you think you're just watching a wholesome show on Bravo, and then suddenly the whole storyline turns to the Kardashians, Chris and company. And it happens with every show. It's like, you can't get rid of them. I can't get rid of them. It's like, sometimes I just want to watch a show where I'm not thinking about Kim, Kylie, and the whole nine. You know, every once in a while, but it's not possible. But Rinna said that Kathy called... Okay, so we're finally getting some details about what Kathy had said. She said she called Crystal and Sutton pieces of shit who should get fired. Then she called Dorit a stupid, useless idiot. Now, these aren't nice things. And actually, I'm very surprised about a lot of the... I was sort of surprised that she lumped together Crystal and Sutton as pieces of shit who should be fired. Because also, I thought Crystal and Kath were friends. But Kathy, apparently, according to Rinna, doesn't understand why she has to be around all these people. And Kathy said to Rinna, this is my show. I have big deals over NBC, and I will fucking ruin Bravo. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. She's just going to ruin Kyle and the whole family. Rinna said Kathy didn't say anything about her or Garcelle, I believe. Did I, did I hear that right? Anyway, we see Crystal in the confessional. This was so interesting because the producer was asking Crystal, Hey, Chris, do you believe Kathy or Lips? Do you believe Conga Hilton or do you believe Lips Rinna? And Crystal says, I believe Kathy. Uh, this uh, whole episode, you guys, put it in the Louvre. Is that the, how you say it? The Louvre? <laughs> I don't know, but it should be somewhere. Package it away and put some uh, bubble wrap around it because this was a good-ass episode. Anyway, 
Then we see Garcelle at the reel. And at first I thought we were going to see Garcelle like commenting on this whole thing, but then we never really heard a comment on the whole thing. So I didn't really understand where we were going with that whole thing. But the gals, as they were all sitting around, Rina said, I have sent Kathy blessings and prayers through my heart. It has been hard. She really needs it. And then Erica's like, you are so evolved. And this is where they lose me because I actually, this episode, I started to believe so much more of what Rena was saying because of the fact that Kathy was very obviously upset and felt bad for what she had said and done in Aspen. And so it was like, oh, well, obviously Kathy's saying and agreeing to all of these horrible things that she did. But they lose me when it's like Rena and Erica, it does feel so stagey set up. And it's like, we've seen Rena do lots of crazy things as well as be around crazy people. And it's like, for some reason, this she's acting like is so, so out there and she's never seen something so horrible or someone goes so crazy. And then Erica just sort of stamping of approval of it with you are so evolved. And it's like, that's where they lose me because it does feel stagey. And it seems like in the coming attractions for next week, everyone else is starting to feel that way. Dorit and Kyle are starting to question it because it keeps coming up. And, and also I think the way that Rinna is in the scenes with all the other women and is like, I'm not going to say what she said, but it was stuff about all of you and it was bad and whatever. But then in the confessional, she's giving us some details about what they said. And so uh, none of it lines up. It just feels fishy. It feels fishy. And do I think, obviously, yes, Kathy was going nuts in Aspen and said awful, awful things. She herself admitted to that. We have to believe Kathy as well. But... Uh, it's just the, there's something else that's so weird and fishy about all of this. And it comes up next week in the previews, too, for, like, who leaked this to the press. And then there were – I felt like it was obvious who leaked this to the press because we've seen in all the blogs and stuff, Rinna had been texting all these uh, bloggers and influencers the story about what happened in Aspen. So I assumed that uh, there weren't any questions about who leaked it because I think a lot of places published those DMs between her and – other people. So I, I don't know. I was confused, but the, that's where they lose me. And I was like, I want to, I want to believe it. Should we take our break here? You guys. Okay. Sit tight because uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about that whole scene, the Aspen shirt. Ah, oh, you guys, the polo mugs, which I love. We're going to get into all of it. Stay tuned. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Listen to that Real House Salt Lake City recap. It was premiere night. That was an excellent episode of TV. I mean, truly A++++. So listen to that recap on the podcast feed, and we'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back, little girls. Baby girl. Yeah. 
I explained it on the Salt Lake City recap, but in case you haven't listened, I did remix, remix uh, and sync with Asher's Girl. Baby girl? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Kyle's house. So Kathy shows up. First of all, Kyle's wearing this like robe that says Aspen on the back in big letters. And I believe that Kyle is mourning her hats from Aspen because we haven't seen her in a hat this episode. And I do know that she's probably really upset she can't wear them hats. And instead, she's wearing this heart robe that says Aspen on it. So I think she's sad about it. And I get that. But she's got these polo mugs, polo by Ralph Lauren mugs with the teddy bears on them. And I swear I need a shot for them because they look like A, a good size. And B, they were super cute. And I remember them from that episode where she had bamboozled Jane over and they were talking about splits or something. And so I think that I need to go buy these mugs because the second time I wrote my notes in big bold letters, got to get them polo mugs. I don't know how much they are, though. We'll see. Remember, I'm having a flashback. Remember when Dorit had bought them plates that were like some designer plates that were so expensive when she was first on the show and we thought that Dorit was so rich? And then we come to find out she basically lives in a modern farmhouse like the Vanderpump Rules kids and then also her and PK are big sham. So I don't know. I, I think it was interesting to think back to that first season, which I know Dorit's a totally different human being now. I mean, she's not the same person that joined the show and I miss the old Dorit. She used to be messy and villainous and now she's just sort of there. I don't know what she's giving this season other than nothing. Uh, but anyway, Kathy shows up. She, this is so, oh my God, you guys, this whole thing. Oh, this whole thing. So she picks flowers from Kyle's bush. And she did it in a very aggressive way. And I, I don't know what that means exactly. Take what, from that what you want. But if you go back and watch it, she did it. They're just showing us these little moments with Kathy. And there's something about the way she picked the flower. She just ripped it out of Kyle's fucking flower bush. And she's wearing the peace shirt, which she wore in Aspen the day she had the night meltdown. And she's doing this character. When Kyle opens the door, Kathy says, Howdy, ma'am. I came from Ponderosa to apologize. Like, what, you guys? What? What the fuck is this accent? What is the Ponderosa? She keeps saying Ponderosa. And obviously, it must be some character that I'm just not familiar with. It must be from some show from the 70s or something. I don't know. I don't, I can't keep up with everything in pop culture, but she's doing a character and somebody's going to DM me and let me know what character this is, unless she's just making it up. But it also felt to me like something they did as children. I felt like Kathy and Kyle and Kim probably did this like howdy doody character. They're like, howdy, I'm from Ponderosa because when they were kids, they probably. I don't did these bits and plays for each other. And so here's Kath doing it. And so although it seemed like something made from their childhood, then she did it again later with lips. Lips showed up and she's like, howdy, I'm here to apologize from Ponderosa. I was like, what the fuck does the Ponderosa have to do with it? And Ponderosa, for those of you who don't know, is like a steakhouse. Like, I think it's maybe a buffet. I remember back in Ohio growing up, Ponderosa was like someplace I always wanted to go, the Ponder- go to the Rosa. And it's not a very, it's like, I'd say it's a step under, a step or two under the Olive Garden. When I was growing up in Ohio, Olive Garden was like the fancy place, right? And Ponderosa, I think, was like the place you would want to go, but I didn't think it was like fancy, fancy. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Am I explaining it properly? Anyway, though, like, what the fuck? Howdy, partner. And she keeps saying, howdy, partner. Like, what? Is she just watching too much Yellowstone? Or like, why is she doing this character? And it's very odd. And then no one's even saying anything about it. I feel like we... I'll need to stop time for a second. And this is one of those moments I wish the producers would step in and say, hold up, cut, time out. You remember Zach Morris on Save by the Bell would say, time out, freeze time, and then we would discuss something. That's what I want them to do going forward. If Kathy's going to do this character, it's the Hattie from Ponderosa. Like, I'm going to need everybody to stop fucking time, and somebody needs to explain this to me in detail. I need uh, explain it to me like I'm six, 
because I can't just breeze past Kathy doing a Howdy character from Ponderosa. And the fact that we're all just moving past it. Meanwhile, she's in them pilgrim heels, and Kyle's talking about the pilgrim heels. I'm like, you need to go backwards and start talking about the Ponderosa accent. That's more interesting to me than these pilgrim heels. Because I, I fuck the pilgrim heels. We could talk about that another time. So I know they filmed the reunion, but I hope that God, Andy, asks, hey, Kath, what's Ponderosa Howdy Man mean? Like, who is that character? Or somebody explain it to me. And maybe it is a character that the worldwide people know, but it's not something that I recall. And so maybe it's from a different generation or something, but I'm going to need somebody to explain it to me like I'm six, because I don't understand. Anyway, Kathy then gives Kyle all the bracelets. This is incredible TV, you guys. It's incredible TV because she just sits down and you could tell how bad she feels. She's trying to kiss uh, Kyle's ass. Kyle tells her how nice them bracelets are. Kathy's like, here, take them all. And she's like, my wrist is tired or hot or something. <laughs> like trying to explain the things away because Kyle's like, no, it's okay. Like I, you j- I was just saying they were nice. I don't think Kyle actually wanted the bracelets. But it's incredible TV. Kath apologized for ranting and venting. Kyle uh, she was attacked, and Kathy said that she was attacking her in Aspen. Remember all those times Kyle was making fun of the way Kath was dressed and all that stuff? And Kath said she was insecure, so she turned around and make herself the victim. Now, I do believe that Kyle was being too mean to Kath. Remember, she was pointing out to the whole table and being a bully about that purse? And so I believe what Kath was saying, although this was maybe not the time, because it was like, you're just supposed to be apologizing to your sister. And instead, meanwhile, they couldn't have called Kim Richards for this scene. I mean, come the fuck on. Did they not offer it to Kim? I mean, this would have been perfect to have Kim pop in. We got a flashback to something with Kim, but it was like, I need Kim here. And Kathy says, look, I'm sorry for raging at the club, but I'm mostly I'm mostly sorry for what I said at the house. And Kathy seems sorry. She seemed like she had tears in her eyes. She seemed, uh, I felt like uh, she seemed sorry. But Kyle said, I don't feel like I've had a lot of support from my sisters for a very long time. She said, I feel like you hate me. And Kathy goes, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. And Kyle said she just wanted people to say, like, you're a good actress. You're good. Good job on Halloween. No one's asking about Halloween. And it's so fascinating. And Kath says, look, Kyle, you don't make time for me. You don't make time for your family. And Kyle says, I do make time for my family. Meaning like her immediate family. You guys, I got chills. I have the no, chills. No. It's so good. And then Kyle says this thing. I might have written this down wrong. She says, I have people who, I keep people who have hurt me at arm's length, even blood. Even blood. Girl. Wowie. Wowie. Anyway, Kyle says that Kath just calls her to ranch. She doesn't call her to ask what Halloween is. Uh, that's the thing Kyle, I think, is most mad about, is that no one's calling her. Dorit's calling her on the set of Halloween Ends, and she just wants Kath to call up and say, hey, how's Activia Curtis doing over on the set of Halloween Ends? Like, that's all she wants. And then Kath says this one line. She says, Mom would have been very proud of you, okay? And the way she said, okay, okay, Mom would be very proud of you, okay? Oh, you guys, this whole scene was just like incredible television. They hugged then. Kyle needed this. And uh, Kyle says, I don't have parents around. So even though everything Kathy is saying contradicts what she said in Aspen, she needs that approval from someone because Big Kath ain't around no more. Or the dad. I don't know. We don't ever hear about the dad. We only hear about Big Kath. Oh, you guys, this family dynamic. And again, I think this is why I have this theory that they're tricking us all and recentering the show to be about their family because they didn't like that Bimboozle Jane was taking that spotlight. And it's working. It's working. I forgot about all them legal troubles over with Bamboozle. It's like, I don't even care about that no more. 
I'm all interested in, uh, I'm all in, as Teddy Mellencamp would say, regards to this family. I don't care about any of those other people. I don't care about the real. I don't care about Sutton and the Popeye's chickens. Like, I don't care about none of it. I just want to see these sisters. Anyway, Kathy is, uh, says she talked to everyone, but except for Erica and Rinna. She said she tried to get in touch with Rinna. And meanwhile, Rinna in the last scene had said that she's been like sending out prayers. And I was thinking like, well, why didn't you just pick up Kathy's calls? You know, that's fishy to me too. Because Kathy said she talked to everyone except for Erica and Rinna. But then in that previous scene, what was the thing? I wrote it down. Rinna said something like uh, she's sending, uh, she's, I don't know, sending something. She said, I've always cared about Kathy and I don't know. It's fascinating. She said something about how she was sending prayers or something. I don't remember. I can't keep up with all this stuff. I got three pages of notes. <laughs> Take more notes in here than I did in my uh, college econ class. I mean, I don't know how to balance a checkbook, but I know how to take notes on these ladies, on these gals. Anyway, uh, Kyle says that Rinna's on her way over. And although Kathy and Kyle made up, Kyle thinks that Kath should stay and talk to Lips. And Kyle says, look, they're trained assassins. They're fucking trained assassins, Kyle says to Kathy. So Kathy is ready for Rinna to show up, but I don't think she's too ready because she doesn't realize what a trained fucking assassin Lips is. Meanwhile, we take a little breather from this iconic scene and we go over to Sutton's house because she got Popeyes and Dom Perignon for Bamboozle Jane. And this scene was really fascinating. Of course, I played a clip from the scene earlier, and I loved it. I really did. I think this is the pairing that I want. They both say, uh, Sutton says, they're like the Hatfields and the McCoys, whoever they are. I think they're from one of them shows. Um, but I <laughs> I think it's actually from like some literature or something, Hatfields and McCoy. Or is it a real-life people? I don't know. I can't remember everything, you guys. It's a lot. Anyway, the Hatfields and McCoys, that's what they're like. And so... Uh, Sutton and Erica make up, and I think these two are a very interesting dynamic, and I want to see more, and I wanted to have some mac and cheese as well. And so we move on, then go back to Kathy with Rinna and Kyle. And this is when Kathy does that Ponderosa bit again. Howdy from Ponderosa. I'm here to apologize. <laughs> I know we talked about it for upwards of 15 minutes, like just a couple minutes ago, but I still think we need to discuss it even more because what the fuck? What the fuck? It don't make no sense. <laughs> She's just doing like a SNL character reel. It's like I was watching a groundling scene or something. Like Kathy's just doing a character work. <laughs> and I just imagine Kath is like a little girl and she's going into audition. You know, she didn't work as an actress. And maybe that's where some of the tension lies between the gals, the sisters. Because I bet you Kathy was trying to audition for things and she was probably going to audition room and they're like, hey, do you have a monologue prepared? And she's like, Hattie from Ponderosa. You know, <laughs> And the casting director's like, what the fuck? And then they hired her sister Cam instead. Because they probably didn't understand, just like none of us understand. It's like, who's this character Kathy's doing from Ponderosa? Hattie from Ponderosa. I will never get over it. I will never get over it. <laughs> anyway, Kathy apologizes to Lips. She says, I said things I shouldn't have said. I'm sorry. And Lisa's like, I was really shook. And this is where it loses me, too, again, because she's just making a meal out of a snack, Rinna. And I do believe Rinna's telling the truth, but it's like the making of a meal out of a snack. And this is brought up by Kathy, but Kathy's like, how was Lisa Rinna that scared? Like, I remember what happened with my sister in Amsterdam, and they showed the flashback of Rinna almost going after Kim's throat. And so, we've Rinna, we've seen, lived through a lot of stuff. She's given us so much great TV over the years, right? Like, that Amsterdam dinner is one of the greatest uh, shows of all time. Episodes of, of any Housewives uh, across the board. 
So she's been through a lot. And so for her to be this overboard shock, I think part of it is some of her soap opera acting. And then part of it is making a meal out of a snack. And then another part of it is just reveling in taking Kathy down. Again, Kathy said these, I think these both things are true. Kathy was a monster and said awful things about everybody. Uh, but I also think that Rena is leaning into it in a weird way. In a weird way, and I think maybe we'll get some answers next week or maybe at the reunion, but it's something's fishy. Something's fishy. She said she was really shook. She said, I don't want to say you need help, but I think you need help. <laughs> it was very much giving, like, uh, I don't want to say, uh, but I am implying it. You know, like, that's the vibe it was getting. Like, I don't want to say you need help, but you need help. <laughs> and then Kath was like, well, I think you could be very unkind, too. And that set off lips so much because she's like, oh, we're going to go there. And then they flash back to that Lisa and Kim scene. And Rena says, oh, I'm in the same place. I'm just here with a different sister. So then that's when I thought maybe Lips was in on this whole thing to recenter the show around the sisters. And so maybe Kyle and her had a conversation, or maybe Kyle, Kath, and Rinna sat down and had a conversation and say, let's make the narrative about this, and maybe bamboozle Jane's collateral damage, because then I think Lips tried to get Erica on board, but really it was not good for Erica because the show's going to be recentered on the gals, on the sisters. Am I making sense? I'm crazy. I'm crazy. Don't listen to anything I say. Anyway, Kathy cries. Uh, she says her, oh, this was so sad, but also strange. She said, I, and I might've gotten this one. She said, her friend is dying of cancer. Did I get that right? It was like sort of through sobs. And this was another situation. Where I was like, why is nobody following up on this? I know they're not reporters, but it's like somebody should have asked. Kathy says, people have known him for 30 years. I don't have problems with people. And she says, it's sort of like tough, you know? And what she really means is like, stop this whole thing against me because I need to control this narrative. And so this is when the cracks in Kathy are starting to show up through. And I'm like, oh my God, Kathy is a monster. We're seeing these little moments with Kath. And it's clear to me that Kath is very much a monster. And so look, it's an interesting show. And I know everyone, here's the thing. Everyone online is picking sides, right? Like you got to be team Rena or team Kathy. And I think the point we should all be making is that we're team the show. This is entertaining. So I'd like us all to come together, whether you're on one side or the other, just come together and say, this is great TV. And so I don't like when Housewives fans sometimes attack each other because we shouldn't be attacking each other. We should be enjoying this mess and uh, enjoying the craziness and chaos on screen because it's entertaining for our benefit. I think it's one thing to criticize the show when it's a big flop, because we've had that. Most of the season was a big old flop. I mean, it's unacceptable to me that we had uh, so many episodes of this year of Real Houses Beverly Hills, and 98% of the episodes were big old flops. Diana Lips Jenkins, and the I mean, she's licking them lips every episode. I barely even remember she's there. And she was the new hire this year. And so I think we've gotten a lot of big flop episodes. And I kind of thought that... Diana Jenkins was going to come alive at the end of the season, but it's like we're getting even less of her. I thought maybe she comes alive at the end, and that's why they made her a main housewife instead of a friend of. But I don't think she really has, so I'm sort of confused about that. Anyway, the point is that we shouldn't attack each other. We're all in this together, baby. And this is great entertainment, and I'd like us all going forward on social media to just be nice to each other. You guys, these are our stories. These are our stories, and I'm seeing too much anger amongst the groups. And so I'm here to keep peace and just say, let's enjoy this for what it is, which is women hating each other, <laughs> women, women feuding with each other. Let's leave the feuds to the people on screen. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh, what's going on? What did I miss? Oh, so then Kathy and Rinna are just like calling each other's bluffs, you know. 
Rinna's pissed at her. She said, you can have your tears, but you're not going to manipulate me. And Rinna says, let's talk about what you really did and some of the names you called people. Let's go there. And this is where I think Rinna's implying, obviously, that's something else. I think there were slurs that this was the big rumor in the blogs was that Kathy said these slurs to a DJ or manager or something like that. And so I do believe that there was some sort of, I don't know what it was or what exactly it was. And I hope that we get those answers because that's what I'm most interested in because nobody is saying it, but they're talking around it. And if you really watch the show, that's what I think is being said without being said. And so I hope Andy asks those questions, the reunion, like, was there something else with the, with the DJ or the manager or whatever? And then uh, we find out that Lisa locked herself in the bedroom. I don't know if that was revealed last week, but Lisa says you were having a psychotic break. And Kyle's looking very uncomfortable. And there was a couple moments where I saw Kyle starting to turn on Rinna. And obviously it comes up next week. But Kathy says, I can't imagine anyone scaring Lisa Rinna. And Kyle's just crying in the middle of it. But she loves it, I think, because she's got another season. I think Kyle, even though she was crying, she's like, I'm in the middle. It's like she loved it because she's guaranteed all another year. And that's all ultimately any of these people care about. Lest we all forget, as all those people are online going after each other, you know, fans on one side going after the fans on the other side, I would just like to say that these people, they're eating it all up because they're in it for another season. They got themselves another year contract. And so, I don't know, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me. You know, I got in trouble uh, on social media. I had tweeted or posted something about, oh, no, no, Lisa Renna had posted the Lisa Renna M&M, and I wrote under there like a heart or something. <laughs> I got this really like angry DM, like, how dare you support her? And then I got some other people who were mad that I was supporting Kath on my podcast episode. I was like, man, everyone's just yelling at each other. We all need to cool it. This is a show for fun. This is reality TV. And so uh, don't get mad at people for laughing at a Rinna M&M. We all need to cool it. We need to take a step back, take a deep breath in, and cool it. But Lisa says that, you know who didn't cool it? Kathy. She says, you are having a psychotic break. And Kyle is just uh, in the middle. So I, Kathy says, I'm not having any more discussions with you. And Kyle says that, yeah, Lisa Rinna's really pushing it. Because Rena also said that she got a black heart. She said, Kathy, why do you have a black heart? You got a black heart. You need to figure this out. Go to therapist, whatever. So Kathy decides to leave. And then as she leaves, there's this really awkward moment where Splits is closing the door. And uh, Kathy's still outside, and she's still mic'd up. And she's like looking at something on Kyle's patio. She's like, this is so beautiful, Kyle. And it's so awkward and weird. There's so much tension in that scene. I mean, these dramas on TV that are scripted wish they could never. They could never. On the Salt Lake City recap, I was saying, uh, Bill Shakespeare, I hope he's a ghost and able to watch these shows because, honestly, he is going to be happy that his legacy lives on on Bravo because this is Shakespeare. This is so good. So to the ghost, sit your ass down and prepare for the finale next week because next week's the finale. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. 
Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Allie. It's uh, all about leaking to the press, Erica and Rena versus everybody else. Oh, it's going to be so interesting. And I am starting to think maybe those rumors about Lips being gone next season could be true. Maybe she's gone. Maybe, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But then also, as much as Rena annoys us sometimes, I wonder, do are we going to have someone that spices things up and stirs the pot? You know, sometimes... What happens is the fans, we say we want somebody gone, and then they're gone, and we say, oh, we miss them. We need the show is missing. That's what happened with Tamara over on Orange County Outside. The whole show fell apart when she was gone. And so I'm not sure I feel. I mean, still got another episode. We got three units. Maybe we'll figure it out after that. But as it stands, I do sort of worry, like, if the Rinna is gone. Now, there are also these reports that she wanted $2 million, which is more than Candy and any other housewife. She wanted $2 million for next season. Now, I do draw the line at that because I actually believe that if Bravo's going to spend $2 million, which I don't think they spend that kind of money on these women anymore because the shows don't bring in as much money as they did 10 years ago. It's just isn't happening. Cable TV and everything, there's too many networks and shows don't make as much. It's not just Bravo. It's every fucking network. So anyway, they don't have the kind of money. But if they did have that kind of money, I think they should spend it elsewhere, get it on the Real House in New York reboot or something because that's where the money needs to go. Not for this uh, franchise. If anything, I think they should split up that two mil and bring in two messy, thirsty housewives that are going to stir the pot. You know, bring in a. I think you could get Brandy Glanville uh, for a whole season. Offer her a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card, and she'll do the whole year. She will do uh, eighteen episodes for a, a B Dub's gift card, and I think that's where we need to spend our money and and do add to production, spend money giving producers and those people more money, and making a more glamorous show, and cut some of the more wealthy housewives' uh, paychecks, and spread out the money on screen, get them on better cast trips. You know, I think that there's other ways that we can maybe look at the budget here, instead of just giving Lisa Rinna willy nilly two million dollars. But I do worry that if she's not around next season is somebody gonna be stirring the pot i don't know but we need to get brandy glanville that that gift card <laughs> need to get her that gift card anyway uh speaking of the new york hustlers i'm worried i know BravoCon's coming up a lot of people are asking i'm going to BravoCon. i'm not going to BravoCon. i'm sure it'll be a great time but I think there will be announcements there for new york housewives because they got the legacy and the other one and i'm just nervous about it i just feel like it's too Too much time has passed. There was this rumor that they saw the footage of like the new housewives and that it was bad. And 
now they're freaking out. Like that was the thing I read was like the network's freaking out because it just didn't work. And I'm like, maybe we just need to refocus and just bring our gals back. Like I've been rewatching old Roni and it's like, all I want is Dorinda and Sonia and Luann just drinking a bottle of tequila. I don't care where they're at, at the Berkshire's house. That's what I want. Just get get back to basics. Let's stop trying to do a hundred new shows or do a legacy or whatever. I was excited about it, but now I'm just worried about all of it. And we're just losing too much time. It's been years since I've seen those gals. And I miss them terribly. Even the ones that I hated. I'm even getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I almost miss Ramona. <laughs> like, that's how bad it's getting. And so I just, it, beho- it behooves them to bring them back because they've been gone too long. Baby girl. Yeah. Baby girl, they've been gone too long. And I don't know, I'm going to take down NBC and Bravo because of it. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. I've had it. I've had it. Anyway, that's the episode. I love you all so much for listening. And shall we do our cheese cool down? I think we need to. And listen to that Salt Lake City recap because it's a good one. So let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Take one more a deep breath in. And hold it. <laughs> I know why I'm saying it like that. Uh, breathe out. Love y'all. We'll be back next week. And stay tuned on Sunday. i got a great interview coming out. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast or check it up on the YouTube channel. But we've got a good one coming on Sunday. So uh, stay tuned. Love y'all. Uh, bye-bye.